Let us turn back to the portion we have read. The Gospel according to John, chapter 21, and centering our thoughts today on words we find in verse 20. Then Peter, turning round, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one that betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, But Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, If I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Particularly these words, What is that to you? You follow me. Let us consider first of all the occasion when these words were spoken. They were spoken after a fruitless fishing expedition on the Sea of Galilee. This was not the first time that this had happened. There had been another occasion when there had been a fruitless fishing expedition on the Sea of Galilee. The Lord had said to Peter, launch out into the deep, cast your net. And again, there was so many fish caught that they could hardly carry them. The effect on Peter on that occasion was, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Conscious of his own sin, sinfulness in the presence of the Holy One. Conscious of the holiness of the one with whom he was dealing. Well, here it is again. Six or seven of these disciples have listened to Peter. I go a-fishing, he said, and they came with him. And uh, a fruitless fishing expedition. In the morning, they saw a man standing on the shore. They didn't recognize him. But again, he spoke to them, <coughs> Have you any food? No. Well, cast your net. And after they had been obedient to his will, so many fish, again, a fullness. John, it was, who recognized then, he was the disciple whom Jesus loved. John, it was, who said, it is the Lord. And immediately that, when Peter realized that, its usual, usual, usual rashness came into being. His love for Christ came into being as well. Put on his outer garment into the waters and across to the shore. In due time, the rest of them came in the Lord said to take some of, his, some of the fish that they had caught and he prepared a meal. Come and dine.
That was the occasion. It was the occasion also when a display of the grace and mercy of Christ was given to them. Now you could say the question you could ask the question to whom was that grace and mercy of God displayed? And we can say certainly it was to Peter himself. He had he had met with the Lord after the resurrection. Remember the Lord had singled him out as tell my disciples and Peter. And uh, he had met with Peter. The Lord has put a veil upon what happened in that interview. But undoubtedly, undoubtedly, he would have seen the pierced hands. And surely, there would have been told him, gospel meaning that blood had been shed for a purpose and surely Peter came to realize the sweet persuasion of sin his sin forgiven what a deep sin it had been he had denied the Lord three times he had met the Lord's eye that night and that eye melted him down Melted him down, he realized his sinnerhood. Probably as he had never met, realized it before. Maybe he saw himself as worse than any serial killer when he saw that, when that eye caught him. And he went out into the night and he wept bitterly. Two or three nights like that. Oh, what a... No, what, a, what, a, what a sorry state he was in. But the Lord met him, and undoubtedly, although the words are not there in Scripture, undoubtedly he experienced privately with the Lord that night, that day it may be, the sweet persuasion of his sin forgiven. And yet, although he had been forgiven privately, as it were, here is the Lord dealing with them again. You see, it had been public sin. He had sinned publicly, and public sin must be publicly repented of, and public sin must be publicly forgiven. And that was what we have particularly here, the display of the mercy of God to Peter. In the words that he spoke to him, bringing home everything that was there, bringing home to him that three times he had denied the Lord of glory. Three questions. Even the fire that he had warmed his hands beside on the night that he betrayed him, everything bringing home to him is something of his sin. And um, Oh, he was hurt by the questions. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me three times? There was a sense, maybe a public embarrassment, but uh, it was to bring home to him his sin. It was to bring public repentance. 
and it was to bring public forgiveness. And that must be there, of course, even with us, whenever somebody is publicly brought shame upon the Lord's cause, who is a professing person. Yes, there must be repentance. Yes, there must be discipline, but the discipline must be in love. And when that course of discipline is over, that person must be accepted into the bounds of the church in a spirit of love. I've gone ahead of myself. Because it wasn't just to Peter that the display of the mercy of God was shown, but also to the other disciples. Uh, think of how they would have regarded Peter. Maybe looking askance at him. He's betrayed the Lord of glory. Maybe inclined to hold him at a distance. I don't know if it was so with Peter, but it can be so with us. And the display of the mercy of God must be shown to them. Final sin. Sin is not final. Final, the mercy of God, the perseverance of the mercy of God. Where he has begun the good work, he is going to continue it. And Peter is going to be recommissioned into the service of the Lord publicly before the other disciples that they might be taught a lesson that they might come to realize the perseverance of God's mercy with all his people and that they might realize also and you and I too that there but for the grace of God go you and go I Oh, how wonderful is the display of his mercy. Not only to Peter, but to the disciples, and to you and to me. But it was also an occasion when Peter was given some insight into his future. When you are old, the Lord had said to him, he's going to live into old age. But not only was he going to live into old age, but um, can't find the words just now, but when there's to the effect that he would be girded in a way that was, let me find the words. Another would gird him in a way different from what he would, would be his will, would be, would be his desire. Now it's understood by commentators that what's meant there is that he would be crucified. His death would be by crucifixion. He was going to live into old age, but this was going to be his lot. Well, Peter was told that. And this was the occasion then. The occasion when 
there was this fruitless fishing expedition, the occasion when there was the display of the mercy of God, and when Peter was told something, given an insight into what his future held. Secondly, let us consider the different courses that were mapped out for both Peter and John. Because these are the two men particularly featuring here. Well, they were totally different. We, we, we know, we know today what these courses were because their lives have now become church history. We're looking back on what has happened in their lives. So we know what was mapped out for them by the Lord as the course of their lives. Different courses. John was particularly to be dealing with a heresy in the church. A heresy that's become known as Gnosticism. Now, we don't need to look into all the details of this heresy, but one feature of it was that these men who held that uh, heresy, that heretical way of thinking, they, they, they believed that matter is evil. And from that, they reasoned that there was no incarnation. Because they said, since matter is evil, God could never take to himself an impure body, body being matter. So they ruled out the incarnation. And that became a particular heresy that John was called upon to address. You find that in the very beginning of his, of his epistle, that which we have seen and handled of the word of life, bringing home the glory of the person of Christ as God and man in two distinct natures and one person forever, cornerstone of the gospel. And if you take away that cornerstone, you take away the gospel itself. So John is particularly addressing that heresy. Oh, he is addressing the other parts to his, to, his, to his teaching as well, but that particularly featured. On the other hand, Peter was called upon to deal with persecution in the church. Persecution that um, featured in the days of the Roman emperors. You find him speaking of, um, though now for a season you are in heaviness through temptations, through the, these, the, these temptations to give up the cause of Christ. 
and speaking also um, though no though we had not though you have not seen yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory the cause for rejoicing was in the one who had risen triumphant over sin, death, and Satan, over all temptations, over all persecutions, the one who is the upholder of his people in every situation. John was, Peter was particularly dealing with persecution, not exclusively. John was dealing with heresy, not exclusively, but different courses that were there in their lives. And uh, these were mapped out for them by the Lord himself, who has foreordained all things whatsoever comes to pass. Now, look also at um, the rebuke of Peter. The words of particularly of our text, what is that to thee? Um, words of the authorised version, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. What is that to you? You follow me. You know how that, how that, how that, how that came, how these words came about. Peter had been told what, uh, what lay in his future. And he saw John following, and uh, he addressed the Lord. And what about this man? I know what's going to be my future. What about this man? And that's when the words were addressed to Peter, a rebuke to him. What is that to thee? Follow thou me. We are to be very much thankful when we are when we have when we notice the gifts that are given to fellow Christians, when we are called to be partners with them in the service of Christ. But we are not to probe into the secret counsel of God as to what holds, what the future holds. The public things belong to us, that which is revealed. But the secret things belong to the Lord, and we have to acknowledge that. And so Peter is given a reproof here on that matters.
The important thing is not to be distracted. The important thing is follow though me. That's the important thing. And it's still the important thing for all Christians, for all who profess the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We might not know what the future holds for us, but this is the gracious command given to us. This was what the emphasis was the emphasis that the Lord had put with Peter and with John from the very beginning. Follow thou me, and I will make you fishers of men. And as it was the beginning, so it was going to be right through the course of their lives. This service we are called upon, and Peter was called upon, commitment to the service of Christ, to the service of his, the Church of Christ, self-denyingly, giving ourselves, seeking grace to give ourselves unstintingly, in the cause of Christ, remembering what he has done for us. He gave himself. He was not ashamed to call us brethren. He bore the wrath and the curse of God due to us as sinners. He bore that damnation that ought to be mine. He bore the hell that ought to be mine. In my Roman place, the believer can say. And should I not give myself unstintingly in the service of the one who did so? This was the teaching that had been given to Peter way back, you remember, in Matthew 16. After... Peter had been commended, the question had been asked, uh, whom say men that I am? Peter had been able to give the right answer. Flesh and blood has not revealed that unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. The, the teaching had gone home, the Lord had been teaching one lesson, the glory of his person. Well, the lesson, that lesson had gone home. He moves on to the next lesson, the glory of the work that he had come to do. And so he tells them that um, he must be crucified. And in three days he would rise again. And you remember how Peter did not accept that teaching. He took him by the cuff of the sleeve, as it were. Be it that, is far, be that far from thee. And Peter had to be rebuked, get thee behind me, Satan. But then there was the teaching that followed, that we must follow, the following. 
denying yourselves, taking up the cross, and following Christ is what is required. That teaching had been there all along. It had the Peter has just been reminded also of how his life is to be a life of following and it's to end up in that crucifixion. The emphasis is upon um, this, that that the essence of this following is is um, self denial, taking up the cross and following him. Notice how it is put. It, 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 there's almost a negative aspect to the teaching here of what following is. It's, and what is going to what what's going to accrue from it? It must be put in that negative way, um, because of the Lord knows what's in our hearts, and how readily we could fall into sin, and so it's a do not, as it were. But it's not a, it's it's not a, it's not it's it's a positive teaching that we have here. Positive in the sense that it's it's this it's this self denial way that leads to life that needs to that needs to uh, profit for us. The, the 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 hating of this world and the sense there is is is. Uh, Treating this world, the matters of this world, as secondary. Those who treat the matters of this world as secondary, these are the ones who will be blessed with life indeed. <coughs> life in the true sense. It was so with the Lord himself. It's the, it's the crucifixion, the way of crucifixion that leads to the resurrection. And as it was with the Lord himself, so it must be with his people. As they enter into this life of self-denial, following the Lord, as debtors to him in his grace, so there's the promise that they will have life indeed. The essence of the Christian walk is not I, but Christ, self-denying, Christ-exalting, God-glorifying. That's what's required of us. And this following will require of us a prayerful watchfulness also. The more we go in the path of the Lord as debtors to him, the more we realize what is in ourselves, what is there of sin still in our hearts. And uh, for, every, for every sin that uh, Satan would seek to uh, allure us into, there is, a, there, is a, there is a lover in our hearts, ready to collude with them. And so there must be a prayerfulness to be kept as we go on in the path of following the Lord. 
But also there must be this. We must be looking to the goal. The great goal that is set before us. There will come that day when he will come to call us out of time. And to be brought to be with himself. We know very little about the nature of that fellowship with the Lord that must take place at the point of death itself. We know that uh, souls of believers are at their death made perfect in holiness. They do immediately pass into glory. But the communion in that glory, in that disembodied state, when the body is in the grave and the soul has risen to be with Christ, oh, how little we know of it. But there must be a communion there. There must be a communion there. The Lord said to, 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 the, to the thief on the cross this day, thou shalt be with me in paradise and the with me is in communion with me face to face with me and there is a communion we don't know the full nature of it but it must be beautiful it's sinless but they're awaiting awaiting the morning of the resurrection when a glorified soul would be joined then with a glorified body to enter into the full enjoyment of God unto all eternity. And then we come to realize something of how little, oh, how much it has cost him that we should be there and what a privilege it was ours to follow in his path. But what is that to thee? Follow thou me. That's what's important. Let's pray. Our gracious and ever-blessed God and Father in heaven, we pray that we would learn to follow self-denyingly, watchfully, prayerfully, with a sense of great privilege that we are called into such a path. Our lot could be so different. And to those who are rejecters of thee, and followers of the world, it must be that path that leads to eternal damnation. But we thank thee that there is one whose hands are still outstretched even to hell-deserving sinners. (coughs) 
we pray, O Lord, that thou would help us to look unto him, to realize our own nothingness, to realize our own undoneness, to hear him as the one who says, Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red as crimson, they shall be as wool. That we would be looking to him with repentance, with hatred of that sin of mine that crucified the Lord of glory. That we would look to him also as the one whose blood was shed that it might be spoken to me, deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found our answer. We pray that thou would make him precious to us. We pray that thou would help us to enter into that path with a, of following with a sense of great privilege, that we would not be as Peter was on another occasion, following afar off, but following closely. We could say with the psalmist, My soul, thee follows hard. Who before us, take away our iniquities, love us freely. In Jesus' name, Amen. <clears throat> Psalm 22 and verse 27. of the earth remember shall and turn the Lord unto all kindreds of the nations to him shall homage do because the kingdom to the Lord doth appertain us is likewise among the nations the governor he is noting these last words of the verse of the last of the, the last verse and praying that we might see them in our own midst they shall come and they shall declare his truth and righteousness unto a people yet unborn and that he hath done this. All ends of the earth remember shall. All ends of the earth remember shall.
grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit, the comfort of Christ on and remain with you. Amen. Amen.